I'm going to go ahead and pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us this morning, Lord. We desire your presence, Lord, and we thank you, Father, for it. We thank you, Lord, for your beautiful presence. Jesus, we ask you to speak to us this morning. Speak to us from your word. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. Holy Spirit, your presence here, your revelation of Jesus to each of us individually as only you can. Lord Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Preach the sermon that you desire for each heart, Lord. Make it clear, Father. Reveal Jesus to us today, Holy Spirit. We need you. And we pray in your blessed name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I was reading this and it's just stuck with me and I just want to share some things from it uh, with you all this morning. It says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. This is, of course, a declaration of Jeremiah declaring to Israel at the place they are. Now, that doesn't negate the truth of it simply because of where their hearts are. We can uh, glean and see who Jesus is, uh, where our hearts are, and glean from that and grab a hold of it. So, uh, I want to start off with just the fact that it says, thus says the Lord. This isn't Pastor Matt speaking. This isn't some great theologian in a book speaking. This isn't a Superman on a comic strip speaking. This isn't the President of the United States speaking. This isn't anybody who you trust or believe in or listen to on this earth. This is the Lord talking. And when the Lord says something, it is like, take notice I want you to understand this. I want you to put the weight on it that I have said by the fact that I'm saying it is me who's saying this. This isn't Jeremiah talking. This is the Lord talking. Okay? So when you read these next part of these verses, it should come with a weight to it. By the unction of the Holy Spirit, you can receive for you today a message from the Lord from this next verse. Because it's the Lord talking. It's Jesus. It's Jesus being spoken over you. And the Holy Spirit can take that part of Jesus and bring that revelation to you today in whatever circumstance you are in today. So if you're in the middle of something, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus has a word for you today. Jesus has a word for you today exactly where you are. And that word can be for us corporately, and that word is for you individually. Because thus saith the Lord. We've got to get that in us, that when the Lord is speaking, we grab a hold of it, we meditate on it, and we say, yes, Jesus, speak it to me, Lord. Give me ears to hear and a heart to receive what you're saying, because Jesus, you are talking and I want to hear you. Okay? Thus says the Lord. I also like the fact that uh, the word thus there, it gives this kind of connotation of, okay, I know where you're at. I know what's going on, but I need to speak into this. So thus, because of what's going on, I'm going to speak. 
because of what you're sensing, feeling, I'm going to speak. Thus says the Lord. Stand. Now it says here, stand by the road and look. And that just seems like a really simple verse, like, hey, go out and stand by the road and look, you know. But there's so much more because in our English, we miss out the connotation of the Hebrew that's here. Stand. Do you know that the Hebrew Bible is also translated into Greek? It was translated by a number of years ago. So uh, what I like to do is I like to see what Greek word they used for this Hebrew word because it kind of gives you a dual understanding then because then you can find where that Greek word appears in the New Testament under the word stand and what's the connotation there. And it has to have the same connotation here for this Hebrew word. This Hebrew word stand doesn't mean just stand. It means take a stand. Put your feet down. I'm not moving. Stand by the road. It's the same word that appears in Ephesians 6, verse 11, 13, and 14, where it says, stand therefore having your... And it goes through the the armor... Stand, therefore. Take that stand. See, what happens is, you know, the enemy is always looking for an open door. The enemy is always trying to dictate things to you to try to get you to grab a hold of what he's saying. He'll dictate or he'll communicate things about God. He'll communicate things about yourself. He'll communicate things about others. And he tries to get you to grab a hold of those so that you believe him. Because once you believe him, then he has a foothold in your life. And he can begin to seed further and further and further. To where all you believe is this. And God's having to work around your false theology. Your bad belief about him. To try to get you to soften your heart so that you can receive the truth of Jesus. Okay? In contrary, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is constantly bringing you revelation about Jesus that counters everything that the enemy is saying. Okay? And we have to have a willful decision that I am going to take a stand on what Jesus is saying and not agree with or stand against whatever the enemy is saying. We have to set our hearts. We can't ride that wave of whatever the enemy is saying. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is possible. Because Jesus said we can do it and we hold, hold on to him as he is able. So, recently, recently and uh, probably a lot. You know, I'm a dad of daughters. I have three daughters. Uh, we also have a female dog, which doesn't make a difference. But anyway, <laughs> I don't have a lot of men in, in my house. I'm the only one, uh, besides now my son-in-law. But... I have these three daughters, and I have raised them, okay? And so there have been lots of situations where young men in their immaturity have said and done things that could wound my daughter's hearts. And they could get understanding of all men or understanding of themselves based on the actions of a knucklehead, okay? Now, as they were growing up, I constantly reminded them that the frontal cortex doesn't fully develop till you're 25. So you can make a lot of decisions when you're 18, 19, 20 that can really screw up your life because you're not thinking straight. This hasn't developed yet. Okay? And we all make mistakes as we grow up. So we talk through when something happens and their hearts get wounded, I sit down with them and I take the time and I say, okay, I need you to understand his immaturity does not dictate your identity. 
because he was acted foolishly or acted immaturely or, or was a jerk that doesn't say anything about who you are as a, as, as a daughter, as a future wife, as a female, as a woman. You've got to hear what Jesus is saying about you, not what this man, this young man said to you through his actions. Okay? So if he rejects you, you are not rejected by the Father. You're not rejected by me. You're not rejected by God. God is going to bring you a good husband, and he will not reject you. Okay? I'm just trying to give you a really practical example. If I had sons, I would do the same thing. I would, it would just come out in different ways. But it would be these circumstances, these situations, what are they communicating to you? Okay, this is how I felt. This is what it told me. Okay, is that the truth? Well, no. Or I think it is, or I feel like it is. Okay, well, we don't live by feelings. We live by what Jesus says, and this is what Jesus says about you. So grab a hold of that. Push aside the feelings. Speak to them. I'm not talking about denying your feelings. But put your feelings in the right place. Don't just let your feelings run and take off with them. So recently, uh, we had a situation, and I, and I talked one of my daughters through the same type of thing of, hey, even though he acted this way, we're going to forgive him, I'm going to pray for him, I'm going to bless him, but don't let his actions define who you are. Okay, he's young, he's a knucklehead, he'll probably look back at this. I did things when I was 18 that I was like, oh my, oh my word. I remember I, I was really friendly with this one girl. I was just friendly with her. I had no idea that she was thinking that I liked her. I didn't. I was just being friendly, being a nice guy at 18, you know, and hanging out with her in the youth group when I was at college. And eventually I understood, wow, I think she likes me. I think she's reading this wrong. So what do you do as a guy when, you, when a girl picks up the wrong signal because you have broadcast it wrong? You ghost them, right, which is absolutely the most immature thing to do, but as an 18-year-old, it just seems wise. You just ghost them. You stop calling them, stop talking to them. You put up a cold shell. The poor girl's heart, now as a dad of daughters, I look at that and go, wow, the poor girl's heart, she must have been going through it. I don't know if she had a dad to walk through, you know, where the dad to go, you know what, he's just young, he's a knucklehead, it's okay. Don't let that define you. That's what I'm talking about here. The enemy's constantly coming in with thoughts to define you. He puts and sets up situations to define you, to communicate to you who you are. And if you don't know what Jesus says and you're not standing on it, you're going to sway. And any double-minded man, James, goes back and forth. You've got to know who you are, and that's time of spending with Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can give you revelation about who Jesus is so that when you face these circumstances, you can put down your feet and say no. So he says here, Jeremiah, the Lord says, stand by the roads and look. Now, I love that. It just seems like you're supposed to go out and take a stand out by the roads and look. But roads there is the word way. Stand by the way. And that word way doesn't just mean a path. It means the same in the Greek as Jesus is the way. Or Proverbs 3, 6, in all your... 
acknowledge him. It's the same word. So it's more than just going out and standing by the road. It is understanding today, as I'm living my life, the decisions that I'm making, I'm acknowledging Jesus and I'm taking a stand for Jesus in these decisions as Satan comes in and tries to direct me or tries to push me off or tries to dictate to me. I take a stand in who I know Jesus to be today and I'm walking in it. In that way. So as you take a stand in the way, look. The Holy Spirit wants you to see. The Holy Spirit wants you to see. The Holy Spirit wants you to see. You know, the great verse, um, my people perish because of a lack of vision or understanding or sight. Being able to see. And what can happen is we take a stand, we're standing on something we know, and the devil goes, okay, the old tactic isn't working anymore. I'm going to try something new on him. So he brings something new across your path that rattles you. You ever been rattled by something? Am I the only one that's been? Okay, I just want to make sure. Rattled, and you need to be able to see who Jesus is in this situation. And that takes time. That takes walking it through. That takes holding on to Jesus' devotion. And it takes getting into the Word, understanding. It's, you know why we recommend you read the Bible? So that you get the word in you. So that when you come to these new situations, the Holy Spirit can go, Hey, remember that verse you read? Let me bring that out of your mind so that you remember it. You know, the Holy Spirit's great at doing miracles. Like uh, I I heard recently that 200 uh, Palestinian guys all had a dream about Jesus in the same night. You know, he's great about bringing revelation about that. Uh, But at the same time, when you're in the Word and you have the Word in you, the Holy Spirit has something to work with instead of having to work with uh, outside forces to try to get you to see Jesus. It's a lot easier if you've got the Word in you than it can just bring this verse to your mind. Oh, yeah. Wow, I never saw that verse that way. That's what you mean for this situation. Now I have wisdom because I'm applying Jesus to the practical side of my life, not just religious teaching, and I go and I attend church, and I'm religious like everybody else. They used to do that at my church. So that you can see. So that you can see. Proverbs 28.1. One of my favorite verses in the book of Proverbs. The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. It's taking that stand. It's having an understanding from a pure heart of who Jesus is. You're dealing with your situations. You're dealing with your heart. You're not just pushing it around. When the Holy Spirit goes, you deal with it. And then it frees you up to be able to stand boldly. And you're standing boldly and declaring. If you've got an area of your life that is taking your feet out from underneath you, then let's get real and let's deal with it. Let's talk it through. Let's uh, speak the word of Jesus into it. Get some outside help to break free in that area. To be strengthened because you want to be as bold as a lion. 
you want to be able to say, ah, oh, not in my house. You know, like, like uh, Joshua said, as for me, or was it Joshua or was it Jesus or Caleb that said, as for me and my house. Joshua said that, right? Yeah. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a pretty bold statement. When I had that issue with one of my daughters, I said to her boldly, I have prayed for 20 years for your spouse. Do you think this young man who mistreated you is going to nullify 20 years of prayer? God's, the guy I've been praying for is coming and I'm going to hold on to it because I know Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I know your husband is there and I've been praying for him and call him into the manhood that God wants for him. So I'm not going to let this one guy's actions deter what I've prayed about for 20 years. I use 20 years loosely, by the way, if you're trying to figure out which daughter it is. The righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked man flees. What happens is if we have these areas of our life where Satan has a foothold in us, he'll tempt us in this area and often we will flee at the drop of a hat. We'll flee even when there is no problem because our heart is not strong in that area. And that's where the Lord says, hey, I'm going to walk you through some difficult times and you're going to be through some storms of the enemy because I want you to see where there's weakness in your heart because I want you to be strong. I want you to be bold so that you can take that stand in the way of Jesus and see what I'm doing. I want to reveal to you where the enemy has a hold because right now you don't see it. You're not aware of it or you're ignoring it, whatever. We, all, we do it all, you know. And he goes, I want to walk you through this so that I can put my finger on it and say, okay, see this area right here that rattles you? That's where I need to build up Jesus because Jesus isn't rattled here. Jesus is as bold as a lion. So I need you to understand who Jesus is in this area. Stand by the road and look and ask for the ancient path. Well, guess who the ancient path is? Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life from the beginning. Ask and you shall receive. If you ask, in James it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. God's for you, not against you. God's not mad at you. He's not withholding things from you. He's not just waiting to destroy you. He's like, hey, I really, I love you. Let's talk. Let's get through this. Let me speak who I am into this area and break down all the lies of the enemy. Because the enemy's been lying to you. Whenever you got saved, forever, how many years that is, he's been lying to you. And he continues to. He continues to look look for open doors. Through situations, through circumstances, through problems, through anything he can rile his head at, through media, through media, through media, through media, social media, he definitely can. 
If you're not countering it with what Jesus is saying, you're, you're going to be right along. I, well, they, this is what they said. Well, well, that's great, but that's not what Jesus says. And you don't know because your media isn't this media. Got to get in there. Stand by the road and look and ask for the ancient path. Come on, Jesus, we need you. Where the good way is. Lord, show us your good way. Give us revelation of Jesus. And then walk in it. I love that. And then walk in it. Walk in it. Learn to walk in it. You know, God says to uh, Abram in Genesis 12.1, He says, this is, who I, this is who I say you're going to be. I'm going to speak this stuff over you. You're going to come into this land. I'm going to lead you into it. It's going to be, you're, you're going to possess the land totally. You're going to populate the land totally. And he speaks this over Abram when Abram is in Haran, the city of delay. He speaks this over and reminds him, hey, this is what I've called you to be. Now walk in it. So did Abram instantly come into the fullness of who God called Abram to be? No. He stayed Abram for quite a while until he became Abraham. He had a few, he had one Ishmael, made a few mistakes, lied a couple times, walked through issues, got his faith stretched. In the same way, he had great victories of faith where he defeated all the kings that came against uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. He defeated all of them. He took his son and he was willing to lay down his son's life just like God lays down Jesus to be a great ark type of Jesus for us to look back. He brought forth nations out of his loins. But he grew into it. It started by him walking. Okay, you guys getting hot and tired? Thus says the Lord, stand by the road and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. And find rest for your souls. That word rest there isn't just uh, like sleep. It's more purity. It means more like a purification. You know, there's freedom in obedience to Jesus. Once you get the revelation of who Jesus is and you begin to walk in that and you break off the fear and you, you start walking in the, the honesty and authenticity and you start walking in faith instead of manipulation and you start walking in community, real community where you're open instead of, of maneuvering. When you start really walking in these things, man, there's rest for the soul. The purity brings rest. It's no longer the turmoil. You know, I, like I recently had this flight, flew out to North Carolina, had to get in uh, KCI and get on the airport and fly up to Detroit and then change planes and then fly into Raleigh and then back. And I, I think I've told you before how anxious I used to be about airlines and airports. Uh, I think there's sometimes they make fun of the dads where they show up like three hours early and he holds everybody's passport and everybody's ticket and has everybody's bag and all that. Well, I was like that. And it was a, it stemmed from my childhood where I didn't feel like I had a lot of control. And so I had to control things in my life to, to make sure because I didn't trust that someone above me was controlling because I grew up in a kind of a, 
I don't want to say dysfunctional because mom and dad were great, but with mom's mental illness, there was just a lot of, of um, I was alone. I, I wasn't watched over as a kid. And I was number six of seven. Uh, so by the time they got to me, dad was busy, mom was tired, and I just did. So it built up in me this belief that no one really watches out for me, and I've got to watch out for myself. Which brings, you know, I had to work out manipulation, had to work out control, had to work out fear, had to work out uh, uh, rejection, had to work these things out of my life as the Lord pointed them out to me. Okay? So I always had this issue when I would go to airlines. I, it would, I would, like, get anxious, and I'd have to be there, like, six hours early and, you know, can't miss my flight and all that. And this flight, it was such a peaceful time. And the whole time I was like, wow, Lord, you have walked me out of the valley of death in this area. I'm sitting at your table and I'm enjoying it, you know. I'm actually able to see who's next to me and minister to them instead of being so anxious about my flight and everything that I can't even see the people beside me. I sat down next to a young man on one of the flights and this time I chose the emergency uh, rows because there's a lot, lot better seats, a lot wider, you know, so... I figured that out how to do that. So I was sitting next to him, and he put his headphones on uh, the entire time and had his headphones on. So I never said a word to him, you know, but he was sitting there, and he had his headphones on the entire time. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if, it's, if there's something wrong with him uh, because he is in his headphones. And as we were getting ready to land, he pulls out his phone, and he starts writing in, on his phone. And I have an eagle eye, so I can read things out of the corner of my eye. Just, just want to tell you, so, you know, make sure you do this if you're by me. Uh, anyway, I just, I just do. So uh, I saw him writing, and he started writing uh, favorite things about Grandma. And I realized as he was writing it, the tone, he was going to his Grandma's funeral. His Grandma must have died, and he was flying home to attend her funeral. No wonder he's in his headphones the entire time. You know, so I'm just praying for him. The last 30 minutes of the flight, didn't have a chance to talk to him because he stayed in his headphones with his music loud. And I was like, Lord, you know where this young man's at. Bring people across his path that he will connect with, that he will see, you know, reveal to him, comfort him. And I just began to pray over them. Well, I couldn't do that before when I was so anxious about the flights. Okay? Walking in that rest for your souls. You know, Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness, after 40 days of fasting, the first thing that comes out of his mouth, which I like the first sermon of Jesus, it's really, really, really short. It's not like Matthew 5, which goes on for days. 5, 6, 7. Uh, it's just really short. It's in Mark 1, verse 14 and 15. It says, Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee, this is after he had been in the wilderness, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's it. Sermon over. Repent. And I like that verse because of one thing, uh, the time is fulfilled, the time there is the word kairos. That's why we are called what we are. It is for the 
opportune time that God has for right now, for you in this moment, a Kairos moment. It's for you each and every one individually. And your Kairos moment is different than my Kairos moment, but this is the moment of Kairos in your life. It's where God intervenes in mankind. And Jesus declares it, now is the Kairos moment. The kingdom of God is here, and I want to remind you, the kingdom of God is right where you are. He's at your house, the kingdom of God is. He's in your car. The kingdom of God is where you are. And Jesus says, the way you do it is, one, you repent, and two, you believe. Repent is when you're standing there and the Holy Spirit says, okay, see this, and you go, wow, yes, that's hindering the work of Jesus in, my, in your life. And you go, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me, help me to learn how to walk out of it. Some of it will be an instantaneous, whoop, I'm done. Some of it will be, dang, Lord, I've been beating my head against this for 10 years. Thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it, Lord. I repent and I will believe your gospel today. And it's a process you walk out. Because some of those things are embedded deep in your heart. And some of them are pretty shallow. The shallow ones, he can just rip right out. The more deep embedded, sometimes it takes him a while. I'm 52. I still got areas from my childhood that Jesus is slowly pulling out. Where he points it out and goes, hey, do you believe me? And I'm like, wow, Lord, I want to believe you. I'll work on this, Lord. I'll, I'll read the verses and remind myself and build up to me what you have, what you say about this area. I will, Lord. I want to see. I want to re- I repent. I, I'm moving in the direction. I am turning towards you, Jesus. I want to believe the gospel. And in other areas, man, I'm just so, I'm so in the gospel. I'm just bold with it now. I'm as bold as a lion in it and just, you know. Declare that gospel. Come on. I have to watch myself. You know, give people the space to grow. Come on. Jesus said, grab a hold of it. Run with it. You know. And that comes from having walked through 20 years of walking out of it. Man, I'm like, wow, I was so dumb for 20 years believing and holding on to that. I, I don't want to do that anymore. You don't need to either. Come on. I'm already a Barnabas. I'm already a happy Jesus' victory. My point being, guys, as you are standing, I lost my Jeremiah, there you go. As you are taking that stand, it probably is a part of it going, okay, Jesus, I see you. I repent of how I have acted, how I have related, how I have thought, how I have agreed. I repent of that, Lord. I make it a willful decision in my heart to turn toward you and I take a stand. Now, Lord, reveal to me fully. Reveal so that it's within my whole heart. Every piece of me is repentant and turned toward you. And I'm free to walk boldly. I don't want the enemy taking my legs out. I don't want to... uh, Walk not in liberty. I don't want to walk in, not in peace. Double negative, sorry. Jesus is able. Let me pray over you this morning, guys. And then, um, yeah, let me start with that. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful body, Lord Jesus. 
And I thank you, Jesus, that you are capable and able, Lord, and are willing to do more than we can imagine in each of their individual lives, Father. The circumstances that they're coming up against, Lord, uh, things from the past, Lord, things that are in the present, Father, concerns for the future, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, you know and you're able, Lord. So I pray, Father, if there's an area where they're believing the enemy, Lord, that you would reveal to them kindly as you do, Lord, and show them the way, Lord. Show them the way, Father. Help them to turn, Father, and keep turning until they are fully free, Lord Jesus. Reveal to them, Father. Help them to stand firmly in who you are, Lord Jesus. Give them eyes to see and a voice to declare who you are, Lord Jesus. This world needs you, Lord. Help us to declare it boldly and not be afraid, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you have called and created us to be righteous lions and to roar. Father, help us to do that, Lord. Holy Spirit, confirm your word with signs and wonders. As we are bold, Holy Spirit, come and just reveal Jesus. I thank you, Father, for it. And I pray in your precious, powerful name. Amen and amen and amen. Now, I'd like to do something that's a little bit different for us. Uh, I would like us to pray together for our families. And based on what I just preached to you, Take the faith that's been stirred in your heart and begin to pray it toward your family. And by family, I'm talking uh, grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles, uh, spouses, children, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, siblings, you know, your, your family. And if you don't have any of those, it's okay. Pray for everyone else's. Okay? But take what's in your heart and let's begin to pray. So if you, if you can, if you would stand with me. Are you familiar with Korean style of prayer? So I call it Korean because this is what we learned in the church in Korea. When our pastor visited there, this is how they prayed. And so when he came back to the mission field in Russia, he said, we guys, we got to try this. And it's basically everyone prays at the exact same time, out loud. Not, I'm going to lead you in a silent prayer. It's everyone prays out loud. Whatever's on your heart, nobody's listening to anybody. You're just praying out loud. And I will start and I'll pray on the microphone to give you a little bit of privacy. But you just pray out loud what's on your heart and it's called choir prayer. Can we try that? So let's spend like five minutes. <laughs> it's 25 after, so we're going to 30 after just praying for our family. And you can just list them through. Are you ready? Let's go. Father, we just come before you and we thank you, Jesus, for our families, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you uh, called each and every one of them, Father, that you are moving upon their hearts, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, for every set of grandparents, Lord, and as I'm becoming, Lord, that they would know you and have your heart, Father, that they would be prayer warriors, Lord, that they would be full of your love, Father, that you would provide for them and care for them and strengthen their physical bodies, Lord. I pray, Lord, for every set of parents, Lord Jesus, that you would build them up in your faith, Father, that they would be stirred, Lord, with hearts toward their children and would 
have wisdom, Father, how to lead their children and how to pray for their children, that they would be bold in their declaration over their children, Father. I pray, Lord, for aunts and uncles, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would bless them and keep them, Lord, that they would have the boldness to declare and to love on their nieces and nephews, Father, that they would have the ability, Lord, to bring light into their families, Lord Jesus, that you would help them and strengthen them, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cause them, Lord, to be bold in their families, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for our spouses, Father. I thank you, Father, for each husband and each wife, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, Father. Give them love, compassion, and strength for their spouse, Father. Give them wisdom, Lord Jesus. Give them your eyes for their spouse, that they would see, Father, what you have created in their spouse, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for children, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for each little heart that you have gifted us, Father. Each arrow that you have put in our quivers, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom on how to govern them, Father. How to lead them, how to pray for them, Lord. How to bless them, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, Lord. I pray, Lord, your protection upon them, Father. That you would encamp angels around them, Lord, and keep them safe, Father. That everything that the enemy tries to embed in their life, Father, that you would give us wisdom to see and be able to speak into, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for them, Lord, for their hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, for siblings, Lord, every brother and sister, Lord, half-brother and half-sister, Lord, uh, oh, step-brother and step-sister, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would reach out to them, Father, Lord, that you would help us to be lights to them, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, cause them to know you, Father, that they would grow in their faith and understanding of you, Lord, that you would heal their bodies, Father, and uh, provide for them, Lord, that you would meet their needs, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for breakthrough in their lives, Lord. I thank you, Father, for them, Lord. I pray, Lord, for nieces and nephews, Lord, as we share your word with them, as we, as we walk among them, Lord. I pray, Father, you would give us your word to build them up and to strengthen them, that you would give us eyes to notice the, the plans of the enemy, that we'd be able to speak against it, Father. I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing, Lord Jesus, in our families. And I pray, Lord, for breakthrough in our families, Lord. Every child, every sibling, Lord, every parent who doesn't know you, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would draw them into you, Lord Jesus. Father, you would help us to be lights, Lord, that we would be able to move past anything from our family culture, Lord, that is hindering us being a light to them, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to bring mercy and grace to them, Father, be able to restore them, Father, to who you call them to be, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would move upon our families, Lord Jesus that you would move by your Spirit upon our families, Lord. Draw them in, Lord Jesus. Draw them in, Lord. Bring them into the victory and calling that you have for them, Lord Jesus. Bring them into the manhood and womanhood, each one that you've called them, Father. I ask you, Lord, to bring them in by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Space and time are not problems for you, Lord, so I ask you to move, Holy Spirit, and bless our families, Father. I bless our families. I bless their finances, Father. I bless their health, Lord Jesus. I bless them to have wisdom for their occupations, that they would have fulfillment from what you, the giftings that you've placed within them, Lord. I bless them, Father, to receive from you all that you have, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. It was only about four and a half minutes hard to do for five minutes isn't it can we do one more like a two three minute one the high school across the street they had a student that was murdered recently 
just a couple weeks ago. And so uh, she was killed by her boyfriend, allegedly. And uh, they're just really, it, it's rattled them. And we just need to pray for that high school, for the students, for the teachers, for the administration across the street. So if you would just join me and put your hands, and let's just do a core, uh, choir prayer in their direction. Father, I just pray, Lord, for Grandview High School, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for each and every student there, Lord, every teacher, every worker, Father, every administrator, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would raise up those, Father, the believers that are there, that they would speak comfort boldly, Lord Jesus, that they would speak your word boldly, Father, that they would speak into the lives, Lord. Give them the eyes to see the students or the staff that are struggling, Lord, and give them the boldness to go in and just love on and comfort, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just bring a wave, a revival across Grandview High School, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, you would move among it, Lord, and you would raise up the bold witnesses, Lord, the Elijahs that would go before, Lord, and begin to declare, Father, that you would bring up, raise up your mighty young uh, men and women of God who would raise up and say, I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to say, and I will declare those, those preachers there, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would move upon hearts, Father, and cause them to rise up, Lord Jesus, and fill that school, Lord, so that that school would be blessed, Father, that the kids would be able to receive a good education, Father, that they would have uh, blessings and scholarships and everything that they need to prosper in their lives, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, you would draw in the parents, Lord, and cause them to be in tune with what's going on with the school, Father, and to bless them, Lord. I bless this high school, Father. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. I thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Father, for it. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Father. Thus says the Lord, stand by the road and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and then walk in it. Find rest for your souls. So we, unlike them, we say, we will walk in it. We will walk in it. God bless you. Declare as you go for yourselves. If you need someone to encourage, to to agree with you in prayer, we'll have our prayer team up here by the cross more than happy to pray with you and encourage you. Uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.